This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. I don't want to be insensitive here, but uh, enough with Bob Saget. I, uh, I, it's like Ronald Reagan died. I mean, give me a break. Uh, pleasant guy. I hadn't really thought about him much for a long time, and uh, it's wall-to-wall coverage in some places. I know this is a tragedy to his uh, family and friends, but, you know, a little perspective here. Uh, 65 years old. I, he wasn't exactly a teenager. I know people live longer than that, but it just seems a little bit uh, over the top. First thing on the news this morning, the Bob Saget, day two, and the coroner's report and all this stuff. Hey, here's something. Do me a favor, and I ought to bring this up. Who do I make? Who do I bring this up to? Why the hell are the cops, emergency operations people, releasing the 911 tapes? And the 911 tapes aren't even that interesting. Yeah, we have a guy here, no pulse. Now, well, we should know all the information, right? Yeah, sure. Not really. Uh, let me ask you this. Does, this. does this change your understanding of anything? The 911 call. Gosh, we are just totally enamored with celebrity. Now, this could actually hurt people putting out the 911 stuff. I'll tell you how in a second. But first... All the networks at it. 911. Oh, some guy who works at the hotel calling 911, not saying anything particularly interesting. I mean, it's. Guy's dead. And he calls uh, 911 and, and, and says that basically. Cut 11. Yes. Okay, what's going on there? Uh, we, have a, we have an unresponsive guest in a room. My officer is telling me that he that there's no pulse and the uh, okay non-responsive, not breathing. Yeah, um, not responsive, not breathing, and no pulse. Okay, stand the line for medical. One moment. Thank you. And I know that's her job, and good for her. She just—that's <laughs> what you got to be. You got to be a pro. Okay, uh, non-responsive, uh, uh, no pulse. Okay. All right, one second. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll draw one G, my try CPR, do something. Ah! I know you don't do that, and, th- and that's a pro. I have no criticism of I'm just marveling at how professional and detached you can be, which you got to be in those situations. So uh, I've always noticed this for years. They put out the 911 tape. Now, this is fine in this situation, I guess. It didn't make any difference. It's some security guard, and that's fine, or somebody who works at the hotel. Number one, it doesn't change our our understanding of anything really doesn't. And even if it did, a couple of things. I thought medical information was like ultra secret. What is that? HIPAA. It's HIPAA. And they even release the tapes if somebody lives. Like, didn't Lindsay Lohan have an inju- have some situation about a year ago and they called and her friends called the paramedics and they put that all up within four hours, TMZ had it. Now, here's why you shouldn't do that, because next time somebody's in trouble, let's say, all right, I'll use me as an example. Let's say I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing with somebody I shouldn't be doing it with. I mean, it's not going to happen, I hope, but <laughs> let's just say for a, you know, just hypothetically, and I uh, pass out 
Is that person going to call the 911 knowing that, wait a second, my voice could be on the news? I don't know about that. I think they may just get the hell out of there. This inhibits people from calling 911. I've always felt that way. And it doesn't really serve the public. And I, by the way, I think some of this stuff is uh, private. Some of the information about uh, anything medical. I, I, I got a t- blood test from the good people at this skinny center. And that was awesome, by the way. And I said, hey, do me a favor. Mail it to the uh, mail it to this person. No, it has to be delivered to you personally. That's HIPAA. I respect that. Except TMZ, nobody else seems to. I mean, you can, this is pretty uh, sensitive information. Sometimes somebody ODs. You don't necessarily want, anyway, that's just always been a pet peeve of mine. That in addition to people with pet peeves. Uh, I got to announce my pet, that's a pet peeve of mine. I don't really even like that expression. Uh, Joe Biden is going to Georgia to make a big stink about voting. And how it's somehow unconstitutional and racist to require voter ID. Good luck with that one, Joe. You know, not even his own party is buying it. They, they're half the Democrats in Georgia are not showing up because they so despise Joe Biden. Joe has been bending over backwards to placate the radical left of his party because let's face it, When he secured the nomination in 2020, the summer of, guess what was not in fashion right now for liberals? White, older men. (laughs) They just were not cool. Joe got it, and he had to spend and has to spend the rest of his life basically apologizing for being a white, older male by doing all this over-the-top virtue signaling and forgetting who he is and where he came from. And suddenly, after 50 years in the Senate, He's concerned about, hey, voting actually worked just fine. I remember my first election, 1988. Go in there, pull the curtain shut, vote, get out of there. No, but everything was fine. You know what really tripped it all up? Hillary Clinton losing in 2016. That's when they thought, okay, we got to do something about this. We can't, we can't leave a situation like this up to the voters. I mean, they'll do something crazy like elect Donald Trump. We got to, we can't, we can't stand by and do this. There's got to be some adult supervision. They love saying adult supervision. Uh, Speaking of which, what adult in the Democrat Party is going to go up to Stacey Abrams and say, get the hell out of here? We don't want to hear from you until you win something. All right. She lost the governor's race. Yet she's like the most important person. She's even more important in some respects than Joe Biden. She has more moral authority in the Democrat Party than Joe Biden. And what does she have to her credit? She lost a race for governor. And she's telling, she's pushing everybody else around. I would say get the hell out of here and show some respect. All right? You want to be in politics? Hey, look, I don't care if you want to blow off Joe Biden. Fine. But why is everybody, I'm sorry, kissing her butt? And you should see the big, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Stacey Abrams. She ran for governor and lost, has been crying about it ever since. But that's good and righteous. That is somehow good and righteous. But when Donald Trump points out that uh, this election had a lot of a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Well, that's baseless. That's all been debunked. Uh, not fair. Ooh, we already told you this. When Democrats get in trouble, what do they do? They point to the white supremacy boogeyman. 
I showed you how Eric Adams used it just the other day. Our new mayor. I told you he was going to be a disaster. And wow, I mean, quite frankly, I didn't know it would be this obvious. This I thought he had, might have developed some panache, some savoir faire. You know, I mean, just he's so obviously bad at the job. I mean, you can see it. All all kinds of Democrats, all kinds of liberals are like, um, is he going to get better? I mean, is he has he always been this dumb? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, 61-year-old politician, first day in office, appoints his brother, deputy commissioner of the NYPD. Why'd you do that? Because of white supremacy. Yep, he said it. Cut 21. My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, Number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. (laughs) I have to take my security (laughs) in a very serious way. White supremacy and hate crimes. All right. So he was in the security of a little studio on CNN. He could say that without being heckled and booed. Because when you bring up white supremacy, all right, when people know this is not a white supremacy city, just like New Jersey is not a white supremacy state. Remember when Governor Murphy almost lost because of this stupid statement he made at that debate? Who was the guy who ran against him? Cheddarelli. Boy, I hope he comes back. Uh, here's Governor Murphy using the old white supremacy excuse. Cut 22. There's so much on the ballot. Uh, there's so much at stake. Our sacred democracy, or do we stand with, with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Do we stand, do we continue, do we continue to make the tough... Boo! <laughs> they don't stand for... Wait a second, hold the... I, I think this is the only such call in the... It, Peggy is on the phone from Brooklyn, and you actually like Eric Adams? Yes, I do, Greg. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You're a, you're a cop's son. You should know better. Know better he's, how? He's a, what? I'm supposed to suspend my powers of observation and intellect? No. You're supposed you to tell me. You tell me what's good about Eric Adams. Okay. Are you listening? Yeah. Okay. First of all, Eric Adams, instead of deciding to be a drug dealer, Decided to be a cop. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That say no more. Make him mayor. Wow. He decided not to be a criminal. Let's make him mayor. Peggy, come up with some better reasons. I'll put you on hold. You can tell me about him later. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Amazing, 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 uh, having a young family. I got a little almost two-year-old and a little almost uh, six-week-old girl. Let's see, the almost two-year-old came up to me. It's fun. When you when you come home, you feel like, wow, you are one important person. Uh, she comes running, and she presented me with a little, small, round object. I'm like, uh-oh, what is this? It looked like a pill of some kind. I thought it was an Advil. I'm like, how did she get into the Advil? No, it was a pea. It was a, you know, like a pea, like carrots and peas. And she gave me a pea, and she was so happy about it. And then she ran back and retrieved another pea to deliver to me. Uh, and the cool thing is, and she does this when almost any time she's eating, and I understand that I am the only one she will share food with. 
She feeds me, and uh, no matter what diet I'm doing, what no matter if I'm avoiding carbs or whatever the hell it is I'm up to, whatever she feeds me, I will eat. <laughs> it's uh, it really is something else. Uh, let's see. She's great. The other one is uh, very good as well. Great, I should say. I mean, I don't know what the personality is going to be. She sleeps all the time which I guess is what babies do. Um, too bad when we're babies, we just can't appreciate it. You know, we just don't know how easy we have it. Everything. I mean, my goodness gracious, just lay there and everybody does everything for you. You're chauffeured around all the time. You're car- you don't have to do much of anything. It is, uh, when's that going to happen again? I guess when I'm like 90, maybe, you know, I'll have the same kind of situation. But yeah, I'll be old enough to appreciate it. So uh, what else? Hey, did you see those firefighters, by the way, up in Harlem? I know it was a – I'm sorry. Where, where was it? In the Bronx. I'm sorry. It was a terrible situation. Nineteen people killed, nine of them children. But did you see some of the pictures of the firefighters grabbing kids, bringing them down the ladder? Some real heroics from the FDNY. We also have this. Uh, that shooting in the Burger King, they killed that poor young woman, 19 years old, an armed – Robber goes in there late at night, the Burger King. She's working, you know, for probably minimum wage in the middle of the night. She was concerned about the shift, concerned about uh, the location, Upper Manhattan. And uh, she was killed for how much did the robber get away with? A hundred bucks, a hundred bucks in Burger King money. Now, just a thought here. I wonder what was in. Did they catch the guy yet? He's out there somewhere. Yeah. Great. Gosh. Terrible. So this guy, what was he thinking? Had he seen the news reports about our new district attorney, Alvin, Alvin Bragg, who says that armed robbery is okay. You won't go to prison if you don't shoot anybody. Did he say, okay, great. I'm I'm down with that. And then maybe he just accidentally pulled the trigger or just uh, for the hell of it, he changed his mind. Pulled, who knows? These are criminals. These are criminals, and they're being coddled at the highest levels now of government. A district attorney, that is a big, big job, and only 86,000 people gave it to Alvin Bragg, and we've got to make sure that we take it from him. Now, how do we do that? We need a governor with some strength, with some guts, with some boldness. Is that Kathy Hochul? I don't think so. Hey, you know what? Back when everybody was in love with Governor Cuomo, and I, I was like, mm, I don't know, but I, I was, I was feeling very uncomfortable. Remember when he openly flirted with recalling De Blasio? Should I? Could I recall Governor De Blasio? Yes. Will I? Maybe. Could I? Yes. Should? Do I have that power? Potentially. He he did this whole silly dance about it. Man, if he had come in and just fired that guy, which apparently under the state constitution he has the power to do, well, that would have been great. You know? Uh, Ooh. Uh, Dr. Fauci got his ass handed to him today on Capitol Hill by Rand Paul. Double-talking Blinken. And uh, Fauci, Fauci with the gain of function, all that stuff. Uh, Do me a favor. Ooh. Uh, all right, hold on. Got to reset here. Uh, Fauci got himself. Mm, look, those who love Fauci will continue loving Fauci. I have looked at the evidence, though, and I've looked at his public statements, and I've looked at his emails even. And the guy is very duplicitous. 
The guy uh, changes his story all the time. He's a consummate bureaucrat. Anybody else's idea, anybody who comes in from the private sector is an idiot. That's what he thinks. It's got to come from the bureaucracy, resistant to change, resistant to innovation. And um, Rand Paul called them out beautifully today. I don't have that sound yet, unfortunately. But I do have... Uh, let's see. Hey, you ever watch the news and you notice they say the time and the temperature a million times? Well, you know, we may be going to war or at least Russia may be on the verge of invading Ukraine because we've given them every reason to do so. Well, we strongly here. Here, Here's actually Tony Blinken, our secretary of state. Would you listen to this guy if you're uh, Vladimir Putin? Is this a convincing, strong argument to not do whatever the hell you want if you're Vladimir Putin? Cut 24. President Biden has been been clear that uh, we are looking at taking steps that we've not taken in the past and that the consequences for Russia uh, would be severe. Uh, And that's something that uh, President Putin's going to have to factor into his calculus. Again, our strong preference is a diplomatic uh, resolution of this uh, of this challenge. But ultimately, that's uh, that's up to Russia. Wow. Sounds like Russia is going to invade Ukraine, right? Our strong preference is that they not do this. You want to know how you get a a country to do what you want or stop doing something you don't want? Be like Trump. Nobody took notes on this guy, it seems like. The guy showed us how it's done. And here he is showing the world how it's done. The fake news is freaking out. Oh, my God, how could he talk like this? You want Tony Blinken saying our strong preference is that he does not do this. Or Trump just laying it down. Cut 25. The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. The United States is ready, willing, and able. But hopefully, this will not be necessary. We will totally destroy North Korea if they keep it up. I mean, that's great, unambiguous, clear, a warning. And you know what that can do? That kind of tough talk, it can bring about peace. Not that long after that, Donald Trump met with Kim Jong-un. Remember that? Again, the fake news and the, the, the swamp. They were horrified by all this. They're horrified by the tough talk. They're horrified by the peace. They're just horrified by Trump. And they are in love with their own silly position papers, with everything that, wow, I miss that guy. I really do. I will always on the news all the time, and he's, uh, it's okay. It's all right. Oh, speaking of, uh, so the media is, you know, we're kind of getting ready for war potentially over there in uh, Ukraine, Russia. And they sent that Richard Engel guy. You've ever seen him? He's a bit of a drama queen, quite frankly, but. I give him credit. He gets himself to where the action is. And he does this whole report from the trenches in Ukraine. They actually dug trenches like in World War One. And he goes into the trenches and he's interviewing the troops. And it's like, wow, he's really doing this stuff. Listen to how he wraps up the report. And when he throws back to uh, New York on the Today Show, how they react. Cut 26. Russia wants more. Russia wants guarantees that will never become a member of NATO. NATO says that that, that is an unreasonable demand, that it is NATO which decides 
who gets to be a member and who doesn't. Craig? Uh, Chief Foreign Correspondent Richard Engelforce there in Ukraine. Richard, thank you. All right. It is uh, 720. Mr. Roker's back with the check of the rest of the forecast. Hey, Al. <laughs> hey, Al. You know, this guy, this guy is literally in a ditch in Ukraine. Oh, oh thank you very much. Hey, it's time for Al Roker and the weather. I just did not think, I mean, that guy Richard Engel's like, is it worth the risk? Is it worth me walking around here? I'm right next to a minefield. I used to think the same thing when I was on uh, Fox News. After the invasion in 2003, and they took me live all the time, but then I went back a whole bunch of times, like in 2005, and I was going into Fallujah, and you know what? Nobody gave a damn. I'd be going into Fallujah, you know, doing reports, and they're like, nah, we're not interested. Nah, maybe next time. Then anything, you know, nah. So, um, you know, America, we are, uh, when it comes to the news, we like it light sometimes. What's up? Is it time? I got to go. All right, be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Wow. I'm looking at Governor Murphy on MSNBC right now talking about COVID. I'm never going to be able to look at this guy again without thinking of uh, white supremacy. That desperate, hateful, disgusting move that he made at that debate against Cedarelli, a fine man, calling him a white supremacist. Governor Murphy. He's the guy who went to Germany and he doesn't speak German, right? Another one of those rich guys who wanted to be an ambassador. Cut 22. There's so much on the ballot. Uh, there's so much at stake. Our sacred democracy, or do we stand with with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Boo! Do we, do we continue? Do we continue to make the tough? Yeah, disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And there he is, see on MSNBC in the afternoon. You know what I mean? People are wa- more people are listening to this show right now than watching him on MSNBC. You can, it's the ultimate answer. That and COVID. That and COVID. COVID is such an excuse for everything these days. Oh, wait a second. We got this little back and forth between Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, and by the way, a uh, physician. I believe he's an ophthalmologist, an eye doctor. But, you know, they study all that stuff in medical school. They study disease. They study, uh, this guy knows more than Fauci does. I'm convinced. Anyway, a little back and forth between him and Fauci today. Ah, go. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing that your can, colleagues and in a politically reprehensible the way attacked that I their reputation. Well, that sucked. I'd like to hear a little bit more. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Rand Paul owned Fauci. Now, what Rand Paul came up with were emails that Fauci was trading with his boss, Francis Collins, and they were bad-mouthing, figuring out how they could smear other scientists who came up with other theories about what was going on. And they'd leak nonsense BS crap to little bloggers who write for Vox and Wired and BuzzFeed and little places like that so you could debunk these scientists. And by the way, there's no such thing as Science. The science says this. The science. What does that mean? Like medicine. The medicine. Doctor. Uh, Overly broad. Scientists can disagree. 
This is America. This is the land of the second opinion. Who watched Marcus Welby as a kid? I only saw like two episodes. It was boring. I was too young for it. But I know they had an episode called Second Opinion. You go get a second opinion. This is America. Continue look- I believe in- yeah. Oh, I, did you feel like doing something? I'm sorry. What was that all about? What is that? What is that? What is it? Go ahead. I'm curious now. What was it? Technical malfunction. Uh, t- try it again. What? I mean, you got my attention. What is it? No, play it. What? What was that? What were you doing? Nothing. Just a technical malfunction. All right. Well, look, I got a lot of callers who are frustrated with uh, you and with Eric Adams. Let's start with Angelo and Bayshore. Yes, sir. Greg, how are you? Fine. All right. I want to voice my opinion about this new mayor, Eric Adams, who I highly disagree with. I feel that he is probably about the most prejudiced lawyer uh, mayor that we had in a long, long time. It seems everybody he appoints to a new office is either black or brown. It's clean cut. This guy is a racist. There is no doubt about it in my mind. Plus, I like to say I like your vocabulary. Duplicitous. Excellent word. <laughs> we don't want to be duplicitous, but uh, yes, it uh, it works. It works. Thank you. Angelo, what are you? Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for uh, for calling. And uh, I think we're on the same. This, this guy, we've got to keep an eye on him. Everyone's calling in about him. See you later, buddy. Uh, this is Gail in Staten Island. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Greg. Hi. This mayor, you were right, couldn't wait till he got in power. He talked up the good game about unity and safety for all New Yorkers. Then the minute he's sworn in, he has you thinking that the people doing all the crime are running around with white hoods in all the boroughs. And talk about nepotism. Oh, my goodness, his brother, is a uh, he can trust him. And this one and this friend and this uncle and this aunt. What a farce. Yeah, what's wrong with – why does he – this is not a family business. This is city government. He wants uh, family. Family. It's 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 inc- Thank you, Gail. And wait, one other person's calling about this. Uh, wait, John in. Where are you, John? Hello. Hello, Mr. Kelly. Yeah. Hi there, John in Highland Park, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm calling to address what a woman said, Debbie from I don't know where, Long Island, I think, early a little early in the show. Debbie, if you're listening, or whoever <clears throat> who thinks you are a racist, it's not that you go out and uh, and do things that. I don't think we had a Debbie are. on the show earlier. What are you talking about? Who? What? Well, 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 who do you? Well, well, what do you think was said earlier? She, uh, she said that um, Eric Adams is a he chose to be a cop instead of selling drugs. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. That, that was Peggy. That was Peggy. Right. And she well, was saying that the great thing about what's, her, what's his name, Eric Adams, is at the key time in his life, he chose to be a cop and not a drug dealer. And as you know, I reacted with, uh, well, uh, uh, amused contempt, let's say. He really kicked me up. I mean, all black people sell drugs. And the girl who was working at McDonald's chose to work at McDonald's making squats. Instead of perhaps selling drugs or not, I don't know. It's not like when she was basically saying that all black people sell drugs and do stuff that's illegal. Um, but Eric Adams is wonderful because he chose to be a cop instead. Yes, that's one of the reasons why I hung up on her. I didn't like her. I mean, uh, well, Peggy, look, I, I love everybody, but I don't necessarily like everybody. Uh, where is Highland Park anyway? 
That's actually uh, one step away from New Brunswick, New Jersey. George Washington, uh, the Raritan River, and the middle, Middlesex County, the, right in the middle of oh, New Jersey. Gosh, I had no idea. Thank you, John, very much. I uh, The geography of New Jersey stumps me. It's time. All right. Uh, ooh, I'm in a little bit of hot water about something, but I think I'm going to make it. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. You ever notice that... Um, when people say yelling, you know, my boss yelled at me. What does that actually mean? I mean, they, the boss said, yeah, you suck. I mean, really yelled? No one ever yells. But everybody complains, oh, I got yelled at. Somebody gives you a mild talking to, and they run and say, I just got yelled at. No, you didn't get yelled at. You were spoken to perhaps in a stern fashion, but you weren't yelled at. Now, I had to kick a little ass myself not too long ago. I asked for a very, very simple thing. It was, it could not have been, I'm not going to show you. I've got like three places where I do business right now, so no one's going to know what I'm talking about. Could be, it could be anything, all right? But I said, I need something specific. If you don't mind, I need to be handed this, this type of, let's call it, I need a report, all right? It's basically a report. I can't divulge too much. I want this report, and I want it every day at 10.30 a.m. Fair enough, right? I mean, I just was very clear about it. If you don't mind, I asked once, and then it didn't really start happening. Then I asked again, and then I had to finally say, uh, did you go to college? Did you graduate from high school? Do you not understand me? 10.30 a.m. means 10.30 a.m. What is the problem? All right, because I'm I'm now I'm starting to take this personally. That's what I said. So this is either disrespect or this is some sort of internal problem you're having, but this is your problem. And if you don't think you can work for me or with me, uh, because I need this at ten thirty a.m., please. I didn't fire the guy because, quite frankly, I didn't hire the guy, so I I, I, I don't have that kind of. I don't have that kind of uh, authority. It's one thing about broadcasting. You don't get to hire or fire anybody, but they can fire you. They make that quite clear. You sign these contracts. They tie you up, but they can do whatever they want with you half the time. I get certain things. Anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm not. I'm just, well, this is the one area of frustration. that I don't get to hire anybody, and therefore I don't get to fire anybody, so I can only talk sternly, occasionally, and somehow I feel I'm made to feel like the bad guy because I just said I need this thing at such and such a time, and it's their responsibility, and it doesn't happen. It does. Do I? What is it? Do I say kids today? What's the problem? Where is that? What? Why can't you get certain things done? That is so clear cut. Am I crazy, Mac in Manhattan? Hey, what's wrong with the fire commissioner? Hi, Mac. What's up? Hey, Greg, how you doing? It's a great way of life, isn't it? What do you mean by that? Uh, I mean having God preside over all your affairs. Yeah, uh, I can still get worked up about the little things, as you just heard. But anyway, yes, Mac, uh, indeed. What's up? Yeah, no, we're talking about Mayor Adams, and I think he's uh, he's got a good opportunity here to, uh, to look at uh, Commissioner Nigro, who... This station has been uh, very gracious with airtime with. 
Uh, Commissioner Nigro is an extreme woke uh, figurehead. He has systemically dismantled many of the traditions in the New York City Fire Department due to embracing the diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, he's a, a, Mayor Adams right now is, you know, flirting with Keeping him. Nigro stay on. I noticed him at the Bronx fire. I saw he was still on the job. So do me a favor. Give me an idea. What's a tradition that the fire department has had that he got rid of? Well, I would, I, what I would say is this, is that why don't you have officers listening to your show right now? It's an anonymous show. Have them call Mac, in right Mac, now. Mac, 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 Mac. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I'm asking you, though. Come on. T- tell me your grievances. What's wrong with this guy? I'm listening. Well, he, it has a lot to do with hiring. Hiring practices is one. Yeah, like what? Uh, Name it. Go ahead. I mean, I'm what? You're not being okay. specific. You're being very broad. Go ahead. A diversity, a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer walking around at the training facility at the Rock. So if there's any type of issue where they feel uncomfortable, a person of color, then they can go and talk to this diverse equity and inclusion yeah i mean look i'm not gonna hang that on uh commissioner nigro i mean the whole world has gone crazy woke uh i don't know if he could stop that i i i you know i'm I'm not i can't hang the entire absurd uh leftist culture on one guy but look i'm open-minded if he's uh if he's a woke freak he shouldn't be in the fire department and if that's uh coming across uh coming through in policies um uh so but mac uh you're just being kind of uh, vague there, so uh, I'd like to know more. Thank you, sir. They're playing the music, so i got to run, get coffee, and uh, do we have any good snacks? We had a pizza party just the other day, although I can't eat any of that stuff. Hey, I think uh, Bob Saget may have died from just a good old-fashioned heart attack. They still happen. People are not as much, but people are still dropping dead from heart attacks. Be careful with your diet. Be right back. This this is the News and Talk Station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York. 77 WABC. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, Marco Rubio, Republican of Florida, will never be president. I'm sorry. He looks like he's in eighth grade. He's almost uh, he's 47 or something like that. He looks like he's in eighth grade. A little bit too polished, a little bit too self-conscious, not going to be president. Ted Cruz is uh, very, very bright. But I think for whatever reason, I mean, so many people just hate the guy, even though I like him. I just uh, I don't see it in his future either. Um, we got to get Trump back. I talking about talking about people hating the guy, but um, in a weird way, even those who don't like him, I think they're more comfortable with him now. You you know, four years, they got used to it to some degree, and I think deep down they understand that the hype, the fake news, lies about him. The guy was very much, in so many ways, a traditional president. He worked within the confines of the of the Senate, of the House, of the judiciary. 
You ever hear him when he said, well, we're going to appeal and then they're going to reject it in the Fifth Circuit and then we will appeal again and then the Sixth Circuit will say no, but then it will go to the Supreme Court and then we're going to win. This is a guy who knew actually the rules, whereas Joe Biden is going down there to Georgia and he wants to get rid of the filibuster. Talk about not constitutional. Talk about something that would make our founding fathers very concerned. This is a guy who's supposed to know everything there is to know about the United States Senate, and he can't get it done. He couldn't get Build Back Whatever done. He's not going to be able to get this voting stuff done without screwing with the Constitution. And getting rid of the filibuster. Thank God for that thing. Um, I am totally, totally down with the filibuster because they're going to say that voting is under attack. And any requirement of voter ID, uh, that's somehow unconstitutional. That's somehow making voting harder. It's like racist. Like black people can't come up with uh Voter ID, that's what they – listen to this guy. This is Cornell Belcher. He happens to be a person of color. He's a pollster. He was on the Sunday show, uh, Meet the Press, and this is the kind of stuff that when he says it, it makes – going to be blunt here. It makes – often it makes white people near him uncomfortable. You say something like this, it's kind of a mic drop, all right? Cornell Belcher, uh, African-American male, talented pollster, I'm told. But here he is, lying about America. Cut 29. It is not that easy to vote in America. If you are, happen to look like me and you're in Georgia, you're staying in line for, for six or seven hours to, to, to vote. It's not easy to vote in America if you happen to look like me. If you happen to look like me. Civil War. When the hell was the Civil War? 200 years ago? 150 years ago? It was a long time ago. All right. We've come a long way as a country. But this guy wants you to make, wants take you back. Take you back a century and a half. So usually, I'm going to be blunt here, if you're a person of color and you whip that out around white people, most white people are going to freak out, get quiet, and be like, oh, gosh, we have nothing to say here. But I'll tell you this. um, Sarah Fagan is her name. She used to be an aide to George W. Bush. You know how I feel about that guy. Not a fan. But uh, she was excellent in shutting this guy down, respectfully, cut 30. The facts are, though, that it is more open in the South than it is, is even in the North, Northeast are now. And the reality is uh, early vote, absentee vote, these have been growing for the last decade. Every year, more and more people vote by these means. And so I, I, I just don't think that's accurate. Good for her. It's you know, guys like Belcher who start talking like that, if you look like me, like it, that is almost cheating in an argument. All right. Just like when you start talking about white supremacy, like Eric Adams did, that's like cheating. And I it, it, it does it does work a lot. People get intimidated when you start talking about race. Most people get uncomfortable and they uh, so that's why you got to speak up. Because right now, the conversation about race is dominated by the far left. And they want uh, conservatives like us of any color to shut the hell up. They don't want us involved in that conversation. They don't even want, like, mainstream Republicans involved in the Mainstream Republicans like Trump. Okay? We do. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
and the mainstream media goes out of their way to just silence us. And when they pick a Republican, they pick one of two. They pick Liz Cheney or baby Adam Kinzinger. Listen to this. This is uh, how they introduce Adam. This is the way they introduce him is justification to not having the guy on. But what renders him, dis- I think, disqualified makes him, in their eyes, qualified. Cut 31. Joining me now is Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. He's one of the few Republicans who has publicly criticized former President Trump. He is also one of two Republicans on the House Committee investigating January 6th. Congressman Kinzinger, welcome back to Meet the Press. Now, why would you want to hear from this one guy, this one Republican who feels this way, that agrees with all the Democrats that you always have on the show? Why not have somebody who represents Republicans, who represents MAGA? No, they have baby Adam. Nasty little guy. Looks like he's 12 years old, but he's a nasty, nasty, nasty little guy. So they're still marveling to themselves that the one-year anniversary, all the hype, first January 6th didn't work. Russia didn't work. The fake impeachment didn't work. January 6th, they still can't believe, wow, we tried to cancel Trump with this. And here's Chuck Todd admitting it out loud that January 6th, as much as they tried, it didn't work to cancel Trump. Cut 19. I'm a pretty cynical guy. I've been doing this a long time. On January 7th, 2021, I think I'm guessing you were there, too. I really thought, okay, this is it. This is the breaking point. We, Lindsey Graham, enough is enough. Count me out. That it all felt like a moment. How did a year later we go to a Republican Party that is more in the grips of Donald Trump? Because we love the guy, you dummy. Because we believe him and we don't believe you. All right. Unlike any other politician, almost any other politician, Donald Trump, not a politician, but he became a politician did what he said he was going to do. You know that stuff when they say, I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. They never mean it. They say it. It sounds good. When Donald Trump says it, they try to say that, oh, wow, he's endorsing terrorism. (laughs) Nonsense. They did not like that he actually went down there to fight for us. They, They just totally messed with the entire system. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to. So the whole system rejected him. Whole system. Cheney. By the way, you know what the system brought us? You know what they've lied about? So much. How about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Hmm? Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. There were none. How about the government stopping September 11, 2001? Alarm bells all over the place. George W. Bush riding around on his stupid bicycle in Texas. Can't be bothered. They let that one happen. Hey, how about the housing bubble? Subprime mortgages. Just keep just keep making those loans. Forget your crummy credit. Just keep we can we can make money. We can if we bundle enough of these crummy mortgages, we can somehow make money off of that. They figured out a way to do that on the backs of us middle class people. How about thanks for stopping the opioid epidemic? Some of the things that we count on government to do, they did not do. COVID, where do we begin the lies about COVID? COVID ultimately, more than anything for the left, wasn't a threat to people. It was an opportunity for them to stop Trump. So we trust Donald Trump. We don't trust the swamp.
How many times? I spent enough time in Iraq to never trust the swamp again. Weapons of mass destruction. And they conned so many conservatives, by the way. They fought that war on the backs of working class people who, and will never do it again, believed all that cornball phony crap from George W. Bush, from Cheney, all that I'm proud to be all that crap. They conned us. Finally, we got a guy who truly believes, truly believes. That's Trump. Man, we want him back. And I think he's coming back in a big way. Don't you? Now, how are they going to stop him next? What are they going to come up with next to stop him? It's a little bit scary. Oh, I know what they're going to come back. They're going to try to pass a law. No kidding, a law. That will prevent him from running for office because he participated in an insurrection, an insurrection. Oh, by the way, do you know if you say, let's go, Brandon, you are uh, an insurrectionist? Let's go, Brandon. I love that. It's clever. It's funny. I wish they had it when Joe Biden drove by here. I was just like, screw you, Biden. But I wish I could have said, let's go, Brandon. It's very clever. It's very elegant, actually. Uh, who's that troublemaker? I don't like the word Karen. I don't like uh, how it's been weaponized. It's a beautiful name, Karen. I, when one of my the, my first crushes in grammar school, her name was Karen. She lived across the street. But I think Karen is uh, a perfect moniker for what's her name? Uh, I don't know this woman who tried to turn in the American Airlines pilot for having a "Let's Go Brandon" sticker on his bag, a little sticker that said "Let's Go Brandon." And she rats him out to the airlines. It was American Airlines. Hey, American Airlines, y'all okay with this? She goes on Twitter in perfect Karen style, complaining to the manager about a pilot minding his own business, injecting herself into this. And what does American do? Random passenger says, jump. American Airlines says, how high? Where are you? Give us all the information you can. We are investigating You can't have Let's Go Brandon on your bag, although you can have a Black Lives Matter pin on your uniform. Yes, they did that. They gave out pins to everybody. Black Lives Matter. American Airlines and Black Lives Matter, perfect together. Perfect together. Um, So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, no, I don't like this person. I called her out big time. And then they say, oh, Greg Kelly, you're doxing. Does anybody know what doxing means? I put that right up there with... um, What's the other one they love to say? Uh, gaslighting. He's ga- You're gaslighting. You're being gaslit. I think we're being gaslit every time they say gaslighting means uh, you try to freak somebody out by denying reality. And every time the fake news says, uh, of course, Donald Trump lost the election. There were 63 court cases and he lost every single time. That's not true, actually. They were only talking about standing. They never debated. They never even heard the merits of the case. I was like, well, this is not our jurisdiction. We can't help you here. you got to go somewhere else. you got to go to the county clerk's office. We can't do this here. And now they repeat that all the time to make you think that concerns about the 2020 election were baseless or have been debunked. And if you ever bring them up, as I do, that somehow you are inspiring an insurrection. Hey, how about all the fake news reports that inspired this summer of Black Lives Matter. Hmm? How about all the fake news that lied and said that somehow 
police were the existential threat that uh, black men faced. It's wrong. There's absolutely no data to suggest that. None. Yet um, Mitt Romney would go out and wear a stupid Black Lives Matter mask and wave a flag and march in the parade. Why? Because he's afraid and scared of the mob, and he went along with it. He just went along with it. That's one of the another thing. Trump would not. It's a man of conviction, not one who just went down there to see which way the wind was blowing. Oh, hey, shall how about those cops? Was it in California? You know, we're always they're always bad mouthing cops and putting them through hell. Who do you call? Who do you call when a plane crashes onto the train tracks? A small plane crashed on train tracks. And guess what? A train was coming. And who responded right away? The cops. And I think we have it right here. They get the guy they get the guy out right here. Go ahead, play that. First of all, it is a really bad day. This guy crashes his plane, all right, right onto the train tracks. And 30 seconds later, the train hits the plane. But the cops got him out just in the nick of time. I got it on my uh, on my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA, at Greg Kelly USA. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. You guys hear about Chris Noth, the uh, actor they tried to cancel? I guess they basically did. Guy's been around for 30 years, and suddenly because uh, two women say something bad happened in 2003, he's gone. Everything he had, he lost overnight, basically. Apparently, he's uh, he's not doing too well. His friends are worried about him. He's drinking like crazy. Um, gosh, I, I always wish I could reach out and talk to the guy. You know, I just uh, – uh, we had a caller who told us that he was an actor and I don't know – early 2000s he was auditioning for something and everybody was making a big thing oh it's mr big oh it's chris noth everybody everybody get out of the way for miss not mr noth and uh mr noth chris said excuse me this man was here first he, he please see him first I, I i'll wait and that really touched our uh, our caller from a few weeks ago i have a feeling that um this whole thing is uh, very very unfair and uh it's almost impossible to defend Yourself, if you're Chris Noth, if somebody comes forward with allegations from 2003, 2004, what do you say? How do you say it? And some of the more recent ones, these people come forward and the allegation was, uh, I mean, they're not even alleging misconduct. That's this. That's where it gets even weirder. And this has had a chilling effect on all of Hollywood. They're all freaked out. All of them. Agents, executives, mainstream, fringe, all of them are freaked out. They don't want to be next. So they go along with the woke mob. They virtue signal their asses off so the mob never comes for them. Well, look at what a good liberal. That doesn't work, by the way. The best defense is to be innocent, okay? Look at Harvey Weinstein. He gave to every single liberal cause there was. He was hanging out with Obama, hanging out with Hillary. That didn't help. 
Just be true to yourself and be a nice person and respect others. Uh, that's the best defense. But everybody is now virtue signaling again to uh, make the mob go. Go look at somebody else. Don't look at me. Right, Jamie? Who's Jamie? Jamie's in Florida. Hello. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Good. Where in Florida are you? Uh, I am in Marion County. Where the hell is that? It's warm down here. It's like 60 degrees. It's actually a little cold, but all my power's running out. Anyway, I wanted to say I can't believe that uh, people are still voting for the bait and switch. Like the oldest thing in the book. They use it all the time, and people are still falling for it. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, uh, Adams. Adams, he said, oh, I'm going to be for law and order and all this stuff, and then he's making all these left moves, you know? Yeah. So it's like bait and switch. Hello? It's like uh, Al Sharpton perfected that. I guess he did, didn't he? Yeah. No, no bait, yes, he bait, did. bait and switch. He, he did. I mean, and, he, and, they, and, the, and the left has been using that ever since, and the right keeps falling for it. What the hell? It's like Charlie Brown and Lucy all over again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you didn't tell me, but I looked it up. Marion County is basically right in the middle of Florida. That's where Ocala is. Is that like horse country? Yes. Horse country, yes. Yeah. Are you, what do you here. It's beautiful for horses. What yes. do you do down there? I, am, uh, I own a couple of horses, and I train, oh. and you know, I spend most of the day outside. It's actually a little cold here today. It's a little windy. It's about 60. So I feel sorry for you guys because I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. I've only been here for a little bit. Hey. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. So are you a jockey or something like that? Did you ever work as a jockey? No. Uh, no, I'm not a jockey. I'm an exercise rider, and I'm a trainer, and I'm an owner. And I've been in the New York circuit for a long time. Uh, but I, I was down here. I came down to help my mom with her some health issues and stuff. But I'm here for now. But eventually, when Adams is out of office, I'll be going back. Okay. Hey, real quick, and I don't mean to offend you, but I've just, I'm just curious. Is it true that they eat horse meat in England? I heard that. I think they do. And to be honest, I don't really have any problem with that. But, you know, I, I don't really care. If you want to eat it, it's up to you. I'm not eating it. So you Wow. Know, I thought you would be. I, mean, I thought that would. horse in China, you know. What, what well, about China? Not eat my horse. Don't eat my horse. No, okay. All right. Jamie, thank you. Marion County. Yeah, right there in the middle of the state. Uh, Ocala. Good stuff. Uh, is it? Is it? No, I got one more. Oh, we haven't talked to Carlotta in a long time from uh, Rhode Island. Hi there. Hi. Uh, well, two things. Have you ever heard the joke about rabbit stew? No, I don't think I want to hear it. Oh, come on. All right. One rabbit, one horse. I don't get it. Uh, forget that. All right. Anyway, you know, I, did you have to, I don't think you heard it, but Lydia Serrano, is it? She she said something so wonderful about your wife right after Madeline was born that uh, Judith came to the studio, uh, studio and distributed gifts. So did you know that? Uh, I know my wife did that. I didn't know that Lydia talked about it on the air, but uh, that's very yeah, nice. She did. She, she's really a great admirer of your wife. And I think you have a treasure trove there because, you know, you all have the same uh, things to talk about. But I would love to hear you interview Judith, if she's up for it, about the differences between what's going on here and what's going on in her country, uh, how she thinks it happened. There, you mean my wife? Yeah, that hmm. would be a, just a wonderful interview. Uh, 
we spend enough time together at home, you know? Well, think about it. All right. I'm only kidding. That would be a nice interview. Hey, you know who would actually be even – who's look, she hasn't been to Australia in a long time, I think like 10 years. But her father-in-law is with us right now. He just got here last week. He knows what the hell's going on down there, and they've gone totally – in my opinion, out of control, crazy. But we haven't talked too much about it. So, uh, no, thank you, Carlotta. That's an interesting idea and uh, love my wife very much. Yes, she she was a big hit with those gifts. And um, thank you. Oh, pardon me. Interviewing my spouse. Do I want to do that on the on the radio? I, did, I, I don't know if I can have it. It could go either way. I'm going to interview my father, though, in a couple of minutes. Ray Kelly, longest-serving police commissioner in the history of the city of New York, will be with us in just a couple of minutes. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Got all the TVs on in front of me. I got MSNBC. I got CNN. I got New York One. Where are the death counts and positive cases for COVID? I don't see anything about that. Hmm, what's going on? What changed? What changed? Uh, well, <laughs> they got a president that they like more. Regular people hate the guy. Let's go, Brandon. But they like the fake news, likes more. And um, they have de-emphasized COVID, the urgency of COVID, which, by the way, was uh, far less under Donald Trump than it is under Joe Biden. And, uh, yeah, where are those tickers? Where are those? Oh, do I have that little thing? Uh, okay, a little bit longer now between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, who is, oh, gosh, as bad as they come. Go for it. Fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing your can, colleagues uh, and in a politically reprehensible the only way things attacked their reputation. Okay, you we, won't defend it. No, you won't well, argue it. I'm You'll sorry, just simply but we're turn around the continue. Fauci always fires back, not by answering the specifics, not by dealing with what he's been presented. And in this case, he was presented with, hey, some scientists from Harvard University, Stanford and Oxford came out with a publication critical of your work. What did you guys do? Did you engage them, their ideas? No. According to emails, internal emails at the National Institute of Health, they figured out a way to smear those guys, to raise questions about their character, not to challenge them on their ideas. Uh, Oh, hey, this is the guy who uh, knew Chris Noth. Lou from Long Island, welcome back. How are you? How you doing, Greg? I want to apologize. At the end of the last call, I called you Chris, but I apologize for that. But listen, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you. We can't he being these are allegations. Can't he counter suit? I mean, we live we live in a, in a jurisprudence supposedly system where you're innocent to proven guilty. Could I mean? Couldn't have a, a, a counterattack. And, I mean, these are all allegations. I don't care what they say, as far as, unless, unless I'm totally off base. Am I correct? Uh, well, they're just allegations. You're right. Uh, they weren't even brought to the police. Could he have sued? I suppose, although it's a very difficult thing to uh, win. You know, this is also a free country, and you're allowed to yeah, say well, pretty we, much. We hope it is. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, but technically, look, technically you're allowed to say whatever the hell you want. 
And if you want to say that, I guess you can say it. Proving proving that it's malice or proving that it's defamation is really, really hard. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, he's got time to do that. It's not the kind of thing. If you want to wage a successful lawsuit, you just don't do it in 20 minutes. you got to, like, really get your no, ducks. No, I of, understand that. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know the duration of, of, of all these allegations, but you know what? Like mm-hmm. you said, it, takes, it just happened. Now's the time to strike. So, Lou, do me a favor. Tell everybody about what happened uh, when you were waiting online there and Chris Noth walks in the door. What were you yeah, doing I was, there? I went up, right. I was going up for an audition and uh, for the movie, the Jimmy Roselli story with John Travolta. And I believe Chaz Palmatieri was behind this one at the time. This is back in 1998. OK. And got called in for this audition for this part called Frankie Suits. So I'm sitting there in the, in the you know, you know how auditions go. You sit there until you get your name called and blah, you go in the room, as they say. So I'm sitting there for almost 45 minutes, and I'm just about to go in next, and all of a sudden, Chris walks in. And I'm and with that, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. Oh, it's Chris! Oh, it's Chris! Bah, bah, bah. And, oh, no, Chris, no, you don't have to wait. You, you, he goes, excuse me. He points to me and he says, excuse me, so how, how long have you been waiting? I said, to be honest, about 45 minutes. He goes, no, no. This man was before before I came. He goes in before I do. Again, that's just showing character. And, I, I, you know, again, I just thought that was a very bold. And, I, you know, I said, you're a mensch, hmm. being from the five towns originally. So. All right. I love it. I love it. Chris Noth was a decent uh, – that was a decent moment. Hey, by the way, uh, how did acting work out for you? Did you get any roles, any parts? Uh, what well, was what it? Happened? No, they, they, you know what it's like. I, I believe me. I've been. I'm in the process of producing a film now. Anyway, the money never came through. Even with John Travolta attached to play, to play Jimmy Roselli, and I don't know whatever happened to the project. It was a great part. Uh, I went in, but you never heard anything. Then I found out that the, the money never. Yeah, did came you get? Through. But did you get any other parts? What else did you do in acting? Oh yeah, I did a movie. I did a few things. My first movie was Chrissy's Honor, Amongst Friends. If you ever saw that one, um, uh, I just I've done a lot of independent films and, uh, you know, producing right now, uh, actually producing a feature film uh, with and uh, Paul Inwood. And uh, believe it or not, and uh, based on a true story that happened right after the war, G.I. coming home and bride dying at the altar. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Lou, good luck. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, Chris Noth, we appreciate you. We think you're getting screwed. Uh Lou, I appreciate it very much. He totally is, by the way. All right. When we come back, my dad, Ray Kelly, about to call into the station. We'll get him on uh, Alvin Bragg. Uh, What the hell is going on? Did you see that robbery at Burger King? Really bad stuff is going on. And uh, so many people, I think, wrongly bet on Eric Adams being somehow a level-headed guy. We're all finding out that's not the case. Be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, we are back with my dad, Ray Kelly, former police commissioner, longest serving police commissioner in New York City history. Also a Marine. Uh, Ray Kelly, dad, father, father. You ever seen, remember, there are some rich families who would call their spouses mother and father. You know those types of families? Are you asking me? Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we we weren't that kind of family, Ma, Dad. We were not. Uh, but that's uh, that's great. Much How are you? Relaxed. Welcome. I'm I good, kn- thanks. 
yeah, listen, we uh, I'm, I'm curious. We haven't talked actually about this guy in a little bit. Uh, number one, Alvin Bragg, the new district attorney. He has decriminalized literally resisting arrest and armed robbery as long as nobody gets shot uh, will not necessarily result in a prison sentence. How damaging are these two ideas? Well, of course, they're very damaging. But uh, Mr. Bragg has talked about these policies for a while. He talked about it in his campaign. Mr. Bragg ran with the eight other, or seven other people for district attorney. He was the only African-American uh, candidate. So this is not, uh, should not be a surprise, not a surprise to the, the media. This is in keeping with the other district attorneys throughout the country that have been funded by George Soros in a very uh, clever campaign that he has run to move way to the left as far as criminal justice is concerned. There's a movement now to get rid of the similar uh, district attorneys uh, with similar ideas in San Francisco. It hasn't worked anywhere, but they're hell-bent on pushing these uh, these notions. Uh, his Alvin Bragg's audience is a national progressive audience and there are a lot of supporters out there don't don't be fooled by sort of the uproar that you're you're hearing now uh people support this uh, these concepts in a lot of places in this country also in uh in manhattan there was an article today in the daily beast very supportive of mr bragg and these uh, these efforts so uh, I think he's going to stick to his guns. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it because of the uh, the public pressure. But uh, so far, it looks like he's uh, he's digging in. Can we ask you about this? Eric Adams, are the new mayor here. And I want to point out, by the way, Alvin Bragg got 86,000 votes in a city of 8 million people. Uh, what's his name? Uh uh, Adams got about 240,000 votes in a city of 8 million people. 3% of the population voted for him. These aren't mandates, but you can con- if you can convince a small number of people, well, you can convince a small number of people anything, and it doesn't take too many people to get elected these days. So um, he just hired his brother for deputy commissioner of the NYPD. Uh, you and I go uh, way back. <laughs> I don't – I don't – Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you ever had one relative ever work uh, at the police department. Am I right? That's correct. Yeah, uh, certainly not anybody that I that I brought on board. But I, I listen. I think it has to give uh, Eric Adams some time here. Uh, I think we we need to. Uh, hopefully, he's going to do a, a, a good job, I and mean, we have to give him some uh, time to to get his policies in place, to get his staff in, in place. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to criticize him at this time. I certainly had my issues with him in the past, but he, he needs to, I think, be supportive as much as possible because the city is in bad shape. It's in horrendous shape. And if he can turn it around in any way, shape, or form, and uh, more power to them. Well, I respect but, uh, your yeah. position if you're reluctant. I mean, you want to give – look, 
in my estimation, though, he, he basically got the job last June when he won that phony baloney primary. That's like seven months ago now. You'd think he'd be hitting the ground running. He wanted to be mayor his whole life. He's been lusting for this job forever. And he gets there, and he's making one clueless decision after the next. But that's on me. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, hey, what is the most fun you ever had during an arrest? And by that, <laughs> let's face it. Let's face it. I read this in your book, Vigilance, your autobiography. Police work can be fun. Even, you know, even the stuff that would frighten some people, you know, when you're running after a bad guy, your adrenaline is pumping and there's something, you know, there's something about that that can be appealing, that can be like that, that draws people to this. It's exciting. And anyway, the one story that I like the most is when you borrow the bikes from those guys when you were chasing down, uh, I forgot who, I think a bunch oh, of... Oh, yeah, yeah. What happened there? Yeah. Well, we were, uh, we saw what we thought was a robbery going on, and uh, like in the East 90s, and the uh, two people ran down the street and jumped over the wall in Central Park and started started running. So myself and my partner, we jumped over the wall as well, and we started to run after them. They were on the the reservoir track, and we were off the the track. And the, the people came up to us and, on bicycles. They were just riding around the reservoir and showed them our, our badges, and we took the bikes. And we wanted to borrow them, so we got on the bikes and started riding on the, the reservoir trail until we saw them we caught up to them but they saw us and they <clears throat> they uh con- continued or to run so then they went over the wall on the west side over central park west and uh, they started running north uh i tried to get into a taxi cab i'm by the way i'm in civilian clothes but i have my my badge on, on me so i tried to get into a, a taxi cab to follow them and there's a woman passenger in the car. When I opened the back door, she just kicked me, kicked me out, basically. And uh, uh, the cab took off. Uh, I continued running north, and then a radio car came along uh, and uh, was able to flag them down. We went to the 96th Street subway station where they had gone into the tunnel. And we stopped the train uh, traffic and able to uh, have them come out, and we arrested them for for the robbery. But it was uh, I was out of breath for about two weeks after that uh, <laughs> experience. It's a that's a wild story. Hey, and it just happened last month. Imagine that. I mean, you're still uh, you still got it. <laughs> I'm only kidding. When no, was it? That was like yeah, a, 19, a long time ago. When was that? It's in the seventies. In, in the nineteen seventies. Wow. Well, again, you can read about it in the book Vigilance. It's all there. Hey, can I ask you this real quick? Um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, you know, federal officials, uh, especially in law enforcement, all the time they're talking about the risk posed by white supremacy. You know, they wanted to stand up a new office of domestic terrorism that will be charged with rooting out white supremacy. Now, I want to be clear: nobody likes white supremacy. It's crazy. But I never heard of it being much of a thing until about eight minutes ago. 
They just seem so yeah. obsessed with it. And from a law enforcement perspective, what threat does white supremacy pose to uh, the people? Well, it's tremendously overhyped, and it looks like it's overhyped for uh, political reasons. If, in fact, there were large numbers of white supremacists in this country, we'd be seeing arrests. We'd be reading about investigations. Information would be leaked, because let's face it, that, that's what happens in, in government. They want to leak and tell you what a great job they're doing. But we don't see any arrests. We don't see any activity. And uh, I talk to people who are very much concerned that we're taking our eye off of the uh, uh, radical Islamic extremist threat that still exists uh, in this country uh, to a significant degree. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing and where they're looking, but they sure aren't coming up with, with any cases that are public that uh, you know we should know about. And, and, and Obviously, if there are these cases, we'd like to know about them. We should know about them. But uh, they seem to me so far uh, to be pretty close to non-existent. They may be white, terror, white supremacists someplace. I don't know where they are. Uh, but there's certainly nowhere in significant numbers that uh, we would be hearing about. Yeah. Well, uh, Ray Kelly... Uh, again, my father, and uh, I appreciate it so much. Um, by the way, a lot of people, they meet you and they call in and they tell me that uh, your dad is in incredible shape. And uh, you are. And you've always been a workout. You've always worked out. You've always been going to the gym. Uh, how did you get into I, I Actually, I don't even know the answer to this. You've always been devoted to fitness. Uh, why is that? Who put that idea in your head? I mean... Well, that's you've been so disciplined about it. Well, I mean, as you know, uh, when you go into Marine Corps, physical fitness is a, a, you know a major, major issue, a major priority. So you have to do it. You have to be in shape. And I think I, I kept doing it after I got out of the, uh, the Marine Corps. Um, you know, for health reasons, I like I like doing it. I still like going to the uh, into the gym. But it's it, it, it's something that I think everybody has to has to do a portion of. You have to keep active. You know, they say that you need at least thirty minutes a day of physical activity. You know, significant physical activity to stay in any kind of shape. So, well, and that's what I that's what I try to do. I did go to the gym already uh, today. I mean, good for you. My goodness gracious. Yes, I was in the Marine Corps, too. But, uh, you know, I got ready. I got in shape to be in the Marine Corps, to get into the Marine Corps while I was in the Marine Corps. And uh, it kind of rubbed off after I left. But uh, you are an inspiration. Uh, you you are. You are in great shape. And you, you know, you're a runner and you can run significant distances. I wish I could do anything close to that. So, uh, yeah, you're in good shape. Well, we all can. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, all right. Ray Kelly, my father, appreciate it so much to be continued, sir. Say hi to mom. OK. <laughs> all right. And by the way, everybody, I know Lisa Madeline. Oh, yes. Your grandchildren. They love you very much. Uh, and they call you Ray, by the way, for whatever reason. They don't call him grandpa. Uh, the, the, the older one who's two calls him Ray. Can you believe that one? Are you OK with that, by the way? 
I love it. Okay. It's great. All right. Check out his book. It's called Vigilance, wherever books are sold. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. It is cute. Annalise calls her grandfather, Ray. Ray. She calls her little sister, Baby. Don't cry, Baby. And she often offers me food when I return home, no matter what it is. Uh, Last night it was peas, individual peas. And she ran back and forth giving me peas. Isn't that terrific? All right. So we have just a couple of minutes left. What am I doing in tonight's show? Oh, Joe Biden is going to, well, lie like crazy about the election. And uh, he's doing that from Georgia. Whole backstory about Democrats dissing him. Stacey Abrams is not going to be there. We'll go through that. We'll talk about, uh, mm, I got to come up with some stuff, but I'm feeling very, very good about tonight's program. All right, let's go. You guys have been on hold for a long time. Walker, real quick, and Paramus, hi. Hey, Greg, good afternoon. Uh, Dr. Fauci, why don't they prosecute this guy? He's lied to Congress. He uh, he had his hand in Wuhan. I mean, Trump, they had to make all this stuff up. This guy's committed crimes. Uh, I think you can make the case, and I think that's why he's really nervous, and he did not engage Dr. Rand Paul at all on the substance. He just made counter accusations because I think they have a pretty good uh, perjury case against uh, uh, Fauci there. Walker, thank you very much. Uh, let's see. John in Nassau County. Hello. Yes. The next guy, John, Nassau County. Are you Hello? there? Yes, 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 yes. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air. Do you hear me? Yeah. You made a statement that the filibuster was in the Constitution of the United States. That's not factual. The filibuster is not in the Constitution of the United States. It was a rule passed by Congress. Well, hold on a second, pal. Hold on. Hold on a second, pal. The Senate is in the Constitution of the United States, and there is a major push right now. They are saying, excuse me, John, thank you. We are, they are saying that the Senate somehow violates one man, one vote, and that states like South Dakota have outsized influence over states like, uh, New York, and somehow that, uh, that's not fair, and, uh, we don't agree with that. And, uh, the Senate, by the way, as you know, uh, can come up with their own rules and procedures, and, um, the, uh, while it's not formally in the Constitution, uh, we do like the compromise. I think it was a Delaware compromise where small states and big states, you could have many members in the House, yet each state, no matter how big or how small, would get two United States senators. And that's the way it is. TJ in Manhattan. What are you doing playing with the phone? Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hi, you're on the air. For some reason, I, I'm i listening to the radio. It's something different. That's why I, I got lost. All right. Well, I, good luck in uh, figuring the technology out. I got to go to uh, Ike in Brooklyn. Yes, Ike. What's up, Greg? Listen, Greg, well, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm keeping you informed. I'm going to be one of those that's doing the hike over to Florida. I'm leaving New York, man. I'm done. That's it, huh? That's it, man. My wife, my wife lost her job too recently over these mandates. It's crazy. So, uh, where are you going to go? I'm out to Florida, man. Yeah, I know, but where? Under the free, literally, central, central Florida. 
Hmm. Well, hey, man, enjoy it. You know, you're not going to be taxed down there. There's no state tax. There's no state income tax. Can you believe that? I can't, but I do. And uh, and it's a blessing. I mean, my son lives in Texas, so, uh, you know, he's benefiting from all that as well. So, um, you know, it's just the right thing to do right now, man. You know, uh, um, I'm sure uh, this guy, Eric Adams, is going to try to get our kids vaccinated as well. I'm not for I'm not for vaccinating the kids, man. Not my daughter. Sorry, I'm not doing it. Uh, I uh, don't blame you. I mean, I uh, I don't, and uh, I'm not going to talk you out of uh, not leaving New York. I, uh, I look with technology, we can live anywhere. It doesn't really matter anymore. So, Ike, do me a favor. When you're down there, keep listening, keep checking in. When's the big move? Uh, it's going to be maybe in, within a month, but the house should be ready in a couple months. It's a brand new development, so I'm excited about that as well. Wow. And you got a job down there? Well, yeah. I, actually, when I went down, I went to a few interviews, and they were very promising. And they, you know, one of them was like, you know, let me know as soon as you hit the town. I really want to meet with you. And I have skills, man. I do car wraps. I'm a copier technician. I do many things. I love it, Ike. All right. Safe travels. Uh, stay in touch. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax Show. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.